Up season two, episode three. I'm Leanne and I'm joined by Ruhi and very, very excitedly by Kaylin Avril, who many of you will know very, very well. Kaylin is at Arrow Mark. Kaylin, first of all, welcome. Thank you for joining our podcast. We're delighted to have you. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do over Arrow Mark? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Really a pleasure to be here. Um, I know both of the uh, hosts so well and, and obviously very, they take it as a big compliment. So thank you so much. Um, I'm Kaylin Averill and a partner and portfolio manager at Aramark Partners. And I lead our investments as um, efforts in the SRT asset class. Aramark has been an investor for over 13 years, investing almost 7 billion during that time period. Um, I'm also, as I like to say, I have a job, but I'm also a mother of two kids, which also takes Take up a lot of my time and so I think it's it's very busy um, most of the time in my world. Amazing it's very important to recognize the things outside of work as well a big part of uh, who you are. So Kaylin you are obviously a very very experienced investor in the SRT market I'm sure you've got your, your pick of all the deals. What we thought would be quite interesting is to talk a little bit today around how the markets evolved you know how you see it from your perspective. So when you're looking at things, how do banks actually approach you? How, how do banks come to investors and say, we, we want to, to issue an SRT transaction? At what point do you get involved and, and what's the process? That's a great question. And I think I'd say, um, one, I'd say it changed over time. And secondly, I think it's different um, based on kind of the maturity of the platform is probably the best way to say that. So if I look at kind of the SRT market, which I'm sure we'll get to later, one of the biggest changes has been the growth in the industry, right? And so what we see is um, many first-time issuers are consistently coming to market and our existing issuers are trying to use the SRT technology across other areas of the balance sheet. And so those also kind of feel like new transactions. And so I think those types of transactions, we're going to see generally go to a smaller group of investors because we're somewhat designing a platform for a repeat, you know, programmatic issuer. And so I think those transactions are important for the bank to one, show success, um, also to establish maybe a framework for future issuance. And so because of those, you know, it's very important to that bank, there's a little bit more, I would say, sounding and feedback early on in the process. And as an investor, I would say those are the transactions that we really enjoy the most because it's collaborative, right? And we're trying to find a partnership, um, basically potentially tranche sizing, portfolio details, um, term sheet um, modifications, et cetera. So I think for the bank's goals of being successful, it's really important to launch with a good transaction in the beginning. It makes the marketing process much easier. And obviously, even with banks with established platforms, when you move to new asset classes, it's going to have different nuances. And so understanding what those are up front building that transaction to be successful before it launches. I really enjoy it. I think it helps for um, the banks as well to achieve their goals. And I think it's really one of the unique, most unique things about the asset class. And Kaylin, I suppose the flip side of that is um, you spoke about partnership, but I think when you're evaluating new investment opportunities, what else are you looking for? What do you think are the critical elements? 
I think the critical elements, I think, depend on actually the transaction itself, but always data and um, as much transparency as possible. I think those are things on the issuer side that can really improve execution um, is high quality data on both, uh, you know, obviously long term, we want back through a stress period such as 2008. Um, it sounds easy, but oftentimes can be difficult just given, um, you know, when the data, you might have had a merger and acquisition in the past, and so the data is not measurable after prior to a certain point in time. And so I think as we work with more banks, I think it sounds easy and the best banks obviously have a lot of data, but producing that broadly, sometimes there has to be um, some work and, and managing that process. And so I think that is always the biggest challenge. Um, and then disclosure um, and that's on name level as much as possible, where possible. So I think if we'd say like what makes it easier for us, it's understanding the risk we own, obviously, and having good data to review the numbers inform the decisions. And so both of those things I think are helpful for one for the bank for pricing, and we can be more um, aggressive on our pricing when we have a greater confidence in the outcomes. And so I think both of those things are the most important. Got it. And then how to start, so that's at the outset, so now you're in the transaction. Uh, what are the things that you would need to monitor over the course of the transaction? Sure, I think it's, I would say this is one of the biggest challenges being a long-term investor in the asset class is really the data intensity, right? And so we have complete a lot of review on our transactions upfront. We have a great process of documenting that information and understanding because most of our issuers are repeat, but the amount of data we receive, we have, you know, at this point, I think we have 65 transactions outstanding. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we receive monthly updates um, on our portfolios the banks can oftentimes change how they report that information. And so you'll be have, we have, you know, computer systems set up and then all of a sudden the report changes. So I think we've really invested heavily in the last two years in data analytics. And so we have a dedicated data person. It's their full-time job is to pull those portfolios in, get them in a usable format and produce the information our analysts need to review it. And it really has been because of that growing size of the platform, more transactions. It's just a lot of data and understanding what's happening with your transactions is really quite important to have those good conversations. Most of our issues are repeat um, I would say relationships. And so we want to make sure we understand what's going on and potentially improve transactions um, going forward. That does sound like a lot of data, right? I have, <laughs> I have this vision of multiple Excel sheets, which Leanne and I both are uh, slightly uh, wary of. Yeah, we, we like words. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And it's definitely, I'm glad it's not my job too. <laughs> Amazing. So look, Kayling, 65 outstanding transactions. You guys are obviously, you know, very, very busy. You've been in this for a long time. We talked a bit about the evolution of the market. What have you seen from the banks over time? How are things evolving? Well, it's one of probably, I'd say, SRT success story is really the evolution and the growth of the asset class. I think it's a long time. You know, I'm sitting across from two partners who've also been, you know, like in the business for a long time. And we've seen a lot of growth and it's been, I think, an exciting uh, asset class to be a part of. And one of the biggest things is that geographic expansion. And really what we saw started in the UK and Europe has expanded to every developed market across the globe. Right. And so we see SRT issuance in every um, sector, geography. And so I think that's really exciting. That's been a big growth has been the big story um, from geographic expansion and asset type expansion. And so both of those things mean, again, as we kind of talked about how we are working with banks, um, trying to figure out the right um, transaction details for all these different asset classes, different geographies. Um, and really, I think, again, it's collaborative industry. It's banks working together with investors. 
um, because we have similar goals and really trying to get a good transaction that works for both sides. So obviously Aromark places a significant value on data. Is there something you can pinpoint as being a really recent change in SRT? Yes, I think absolutely. I think there's two changes. I think the um, that are really quite changing. It's really both on the demand side. I think we're seeing an increase of new investors across the asset class. And I think it's an important part of SRT's continued evolution. We have a lot of growth that we've talked about an increase in supply in different types of transactions. And so we need different investors with different views on risk and reward, uh, deeper capital bases to absorb that supply. It's really a part of keeping that pricing, I think, attractive and allowing that issuance to continue. And so I think that pro proliferation, I would say, of new investors of varying size and sophistication has been um, something that we've seen. I think also on the supply side, we've started to see US transactions, which we've been waiting for several years on. And so that seems like a, a big change, um, very large, big banks with large balance sheets, great assets that fit the SRT asset class with low yielding, you know, kind of low loss assets. And so I think we've seen them come in um, quite large from the beginning. And so I think it's gonna be a really big geography for the asset class going forward. And, and that seems like a quite exciting thing as well. Great, lots of exciting things ahead by the, by the sounds of things. Just to pick up on, on the new investors, because I think Ruhi and I would definitely agree with that. When we started working on these types of transactions, you know, there was a handful of investors, sort of mm. same ones all the time. And you know, we are also seeing lots and lots of new entrants to the market, which is fabulous. As somebody who is a seasoned investor, what would you say to those new investors? What should they be thinking about, Kaylin? Sure, I think it's a great question. And I think it's, um, we've learned a lot in, a, in the asset class. I think it's a great asset class. And I want to highlight that. But I think there's definitely lessons learned and um, things that have happened that inform your view as a long-term investor. And I think the first thing I'd really want to say is um, it's hard, right? That you don't know what you don't know. And so there's this is an established market with, you know, ourselves included, but many of our peers being long-term players. And so I think we've seen a lot of things and we've evolved and are actually continuously evolving in our changes as we grow more experienced. And so I think what I would really want is um, good partners. I think if that would be something I would look for um, to ensure that you are getting into a transaction that um, maybe has been vetted by another pair of eyes and the more um, seasoned and experienced, that's really going to be helpful. And I think use those opportunities to partner with good people, um, use that to learn, and then try to also take your own steps and understanding why things are happening in your transaction. Again, that transaction review um, and, and really challenge yourself to be better through that learning process. There's a lot to learn um, and a lot of interesting things. And I think sometimes the stories about the transactions are actually some of the most interesting parts of it. You could just all look at numbers, but there's a lot of real events happening. And um, when you get down into recoveries and working with those banks and figuring out those are, it's really quite interesting. So again, I think it's, it's part of the fun. Yeah, I like that. I like the introspection. Mm. Um, I think uh, looking back and lessons learned, it's, that's fabulous. But maybe looking forward then, um, you know, we, we all love the SRT transactions, but say you had to keep one thing and you had to change one thing, what would you, what would you opt for? Um, I would say I, I'd like to keep the focus. What I found historically is um, our peers are rational people. We can work together on transactions, right? And so I love that. Let's keep being rational. And really, we have the similar outcomes. 
as co-investors in a transaction, we all care about keeping expected losses as you know low and manageable. And so I think we have similar goals. Let's figure out a way to make those goals happen collaboratively. I think it helps the banks for bigger transactions. It's also part of you know kind of again maturing the asset class is having um, more established platforms. And so I think if we can continue to work together, that's really and keep those big goals in mind of what are we really looking for. Uh, I think that's that's really the path. Uh, forward as we work together in, in a bigger group. Yeah, a partnership. I like that you said that at the beginning. And I think that is the buzzword for this one. Yeah, agreed. And I also really like, uh, what was it, Kaylin? Let's keep being rational. That seems like a pretty good yeah. motto yes. for life, actually. We could, we could all remember that one. That's true. I think it's, you know, there's things, a lot of different things to negotiate, right? And so I think there's a common ground, there's, you know, and most people are just trying to figure out a path forward that makes sense. And usually when I look at those most, like the transactions that have worked and then the ones that haven't worked, um, it's nothing that I really saw coming. I think there's always this element of surprise around these. And so we're trying our best for negotiating the docs, for negotiating that portfolio. But usually the things that are the, you know, maybe that impact the transaction the most are generally, you know, COVID is a great example. Nobody saw it coming. And mm -hmm. so I think we can do our best, but also understand that there's an element of uncertainty with any investment in any asset class. Well, that's fabulous. Uh, thank you so much, Kaylin. Um, all right. I think then, uh, you know, we have spoken a lot about partnership, about being rational, about SRT. Uh, and now we move on to what Leanne wants to talk about the most. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just getting to know you better. So, Kaylin, we always end with a personal question. Now, I am I right in thinking you live in Denver? You like being outside? You like hiking with the kids? Correct. So can you tell us a bit more about maybe tell us about what the most challenging hike you've done or the longest hike or the hike that's made you feel really happy? Let's end on a really positive note. Ooh. Most challenging hike. Uh, I think, you know, in Colorado, we, we're at a high altitude um, and there's some pretty steep hikes. I'd say when you climb a, a mountain, really, it, it's uphill for a very long time. <laughs> and so I think really understanding that you're walking uphill for three to four hours um, in low and high altitude. And so that means low oxygen. I think it's, um, it's always a testing process. I think there's beautiful views at the top. We have 14ers um, in Colorado. It's always a special um, experience because it is so challenging and hard. It's generally an eight seven to eight hour hike and like I said a lot of uphill and um, climbing so something to always that's worth it pushing yourself I do not do those with my kids that is not a kid-friendly activity that is a, a mom activity but really always again the, the journey is worth it and the views are spectacular that sounds lovely well maybe there's a, an argument for an SRT conference down <laughs> down your way Kaylin we would love to host followed up by a hike, right? <laughs> exactly. We won't do that hike. We'll do like a more reasonable one. There's definitely some, you know, inside three miles right close to the city. Ah, cool. Well, I'm sure we can reach out to you for recommendations. Well, thank you so Absolutely. much for joining us today. Yeah, it's um, been fab having you. Really great. That was, that was really insightful. And for our listeners, um, you know, that was episode three. We'll be back uh, with our last episode for this season um, in a couple of um, weeks. Until then, be kind to each other and keep tranching. And keep rational. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Kaylin. Love See it. you soon. Bye. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Super fun. Thank you.